Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. Welcome to Weekly Jump, presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. This is our weekly episode reviewing first impressions of newer anime and manga titles. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. Um, if you were thinking to yourself, man, I could listen to these idiots talk all day. <laughs> wow. You should, you should become a patron so that so that you can listen to more of our conversations before the anime conversations because yeah, that's what happens you hear my, my lukewarm takes on airbnb we got you covered yeah my uh my great great mc escher joke too <laughs> yeah super high quality all right do you want to talk about this uh we got we had one suggestion this week and then last week Last week, we so usually our suggestions are for anime. We've had a couple of suggestions lately that have come up on my list for reading material. And uh, last time I did double suggestions, and this time I just picked a show that I wanted to watch, uh, which was technically on the suggestions list, but I put it there. Uh, so yeah. we're going to do the suggestion first. Our page flips for the week submitted by Booty Stank is called A Weak Hero. It is a manhwa. And uh, I feel like somebody in our Discord also mentioned something about like an anime adaptation. Oh man, this is like <laughs> I wanted this to be better than it was because the the art was very good. Yeah, but oh, solo leveling is the thing that was posted about. That was Wonderlump posted in our Discord that solo leveling is getting a Crunchyroll adaptation. So that was the one that we covered. I think like two weeks ago or something, the, the sort of like Isekai-esque guy. Um, oh, that was, a, that was a while ago. That was when we did our in-person uh, recording. So solo leveling is getting that adaptation. Uh, yeah, this is Weak Hero, which is just just people at school fighting, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like I was like, I was like, who's the hero here? <laughs> Yeah, because it's it, there's a there's a scrawny kid who, uh, if I can editorialize a little bit, is drawn like somewhat effeminately. Like I don't think they're beating up on him because they think he's gay, but he, he just had like less masculine features, I guess. Um, not atypical to anime. He's just one of those like prettier, skinnier guys. Um, and then there's like all these school bullies and they're, you know, big strong boys and they're loud and they're mean and they want to fight you because I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Why, why do they fight so much? Uh, I don't, I don't know the answers to that. People in my school didn't fight. So this just doesn't make any sense to me, but, uh, they want to fight and they're bullies. So they want to fight him because they, you know, want to pick on a, a weak boy and he knows that they want to pick on the, him, so he has, uh, I'm going to say the term secret techniques and don't get excited because they're not anime moves, they're just normal fighting moves uh, where he, you know, he uses their their weight against them or surprise attacks them in unexpectedly brutal ways to incapacitate them before they can get their fight rolling. And basically, the the whole idea is that he is responding to these bullies with like an almost inordinate amount of force to shut them down and to kind of create the air about him of someone who is not to be fucked with. 
Uh, and the first three chapters of this are basically different bullies in different locations or cliques of the school uh, pushing their luck with him to their detriment. Yeah. If you want to, if, if you really want to like get a pretty, pretty easy, like, okay, I'm going to throw it out there that this is, this manga is very, very much geared at people that have been treated shittily and want to live vicariously through somebody who treats bullies like shit because they were it's like a real like life shit. power fantasy a little bit yeah it 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 really it, it really really felt like that to me i was like i i felt like it was very light on story and very much like a justice porn manga um yeah if anybody understands that reference because there is a lot of stuff on youtube that is just like I think there might be a Reddit for it now too, where it's just yeah, like Kill Bill is a very high-profile justice porn. Yeah, so it's it, what you're looking for there is basically just all of the people that were shitty to people getting their comeuppance, and that's if that's all you're really looking for, this is a great manga for you, just because it is it is that, and it is drawn very well. Um, the The problem I have with it is that it it does. It does that without giving a solid storyline, or at least it doesn't have a st- solid story hook in the first. I, I think I read four chapters, and mm. I I didn't find a hook in it. Uh, I'm assuming that there must be more than what I'm seeing, um, but I I think that sort of speaks to the the failing of the manga creator. Um, it, like if you're not into those things, I don't think it's going to continue to grab you past those chapters or maybe the first two chapters. Um, yeah. And that is, that is one of the hallmarks of a really, a really successful manga. Um, not to say that this is not a good manga, um, especially because I haven't, you know, gone deep, deep into it. And I would love to hear what our, uh, our, our listener uh, who suggested it tells us what, like why they continued on with it. Um, but I, I think that one of the things that you get in a lot of manga that end up being very successful is something that hooks the audience in and keeps them coming back. An example of a manhwa that does exactly this is tower of God. Um, mm-hmm. Just because tower of God, one of the things that it does inside of the very first chapter is it gives you a question and it makes you feel like what, where the fuck am I? What the fuck is happening? I need to know more. And that is something that hooks me. But if you're somebody who's just in it for the fights and the comeuppance, you're, you're probably going to love this. Yeah. Although I would say, uh, I, I believe I only read three chapters. I forced myself to read three cause I really want, did not want to read anymore after the, fr- I didn't want to read anymore after the first chapter, but uh, especially after the second one, I was like, I, I see where this is going and I don't feel like I need to read anymore, but I feel like I made a commitment to read three. And then I read the third one and I was like, I did not need to read that. <laughs> Nothing changed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would agree with you. I don't, I, I did not like this. Um, I, I, what was it? Veritas, which was sort of similar where there was a fighty boy. I mean, he wasn't a pushover guy. Uh, not that, I mean, this character is a, is a, person that people perceive as a pushover who is fighting back against that perception is the, is whom I'm assuming is the main character. But I think you, I think you nailed on something there is that like, he does seem to be set up to be the main character, but we see him a lot through other characters eyes. 
he is being set up almost as an enigma. And I believe it was in the third chapter, you start to see another sort of like low on the social totem pole character looking at the scrawny dude who is brutalizing the bullies as something of a a companion, but also as something of a mystery. Like this character is not somebody that's been around with these other characters. This is taking place in a, in, you know, just regular school. I guess this guy's a transfer student or something. Um, Or this is one of those times where like a bunch of elementary schools go into one middle school or something like that. But like people don't know him. He's mysterious. And so that's one of the reasons why all the bullies are picking on him because I think they're sort of sorting through who the weak kids that they're going to be able to pick on are. And he looks like that kid. Um, And so this other guy is one of those weak kids that's getting picked on. And he's like looking at the the main character and is like, he's he's one of us. But then the main character is kind of a dick to him too, but also sort of protects him, but maybe just by consequence. And it's just like, it's just... The vibe is just not there yet. Like, I'm not clear on where it's going. The main character, for me as somebody who, you know, I can enjoy a bunch of, like, cartoon violence in the form of, you know, sick-ass anime fights. Um, and I can even enjoy it when it when it has that realism to it, as I think some of the pieces that we've explored have shown that that, that more groundedness can work for me. But, uh, I mean, I definitely prefer the fantasy stuff, but I can totally get down with it. Um, but this was just like, it just wasn't hitting for me. I was like, am I supposed to care about the main character guy who is like the strong, silent type, but also the like sullen, hates everyone around him type because of him, you know, putting up a wall because he's being picked on. And so, like, he just seems like he reacted, he reacted to this like other bullied kid as in in a very similar way to the way he reacted to the other to like the actual bullies like this guy this kid didn't come at him he wasn't trying to start anything and so he didn't react with violence but he reacted with mistrust and sort of like rejection and i don't know it was just not appealing to me um i could see it being a story about this character opening up and finding friends and i could see that appealing to me much more but uh, these first three chapters did not do it for me and uh, for me unlike veritas which i found had artwork that really clicked for me uh this artwork did i doesn't stand out in my mind there wasn't i don't recall myself thinking the artwork was particularly good i don't recall thinking it was particularly bad uh i just think that it was perfectly fine stuff and uh it, it just didn't do it for me uh, I also would say a big mark against it. And this, again, as we mentioned, these are manhwa. And so unlike when we're reading something that's that's released by Shonen Jump or by Viz, um, which is the, the company that does Shonen Jump, we have an official channel into those manga. And so we are reading the official professional um, versions of those. For the manhwa, I'm just Googling where to read it and I'm reading it. And so I don't know how official this translation is, But the one I got my hands on, when we were talking earlier, I think this was about Veritas. uh, And I mentioned the thing about like playwriting 101, which is the term that I sort of like used with myself internally to talk about when somebody takes those sort of like edgy things and dials them up to 11. This writing was so, so crass 
And like I, as a person, I generally swear a lot and I kind of enjoy swearing and I endorse swearing. And I think people should be less pearl clutchy about swearing and fuck. It was way too much. It was way too much. And it was just, it just had that air of somebody who was trying to make these characters seem hard and seem sort of like, you know, I don't know, earthy by just making them not have anything to say. That wasn't an excuse to say the word fuck or to say something kind of like, just, just like, I don't know, bullheaded or meatheaded or whatever. It was just not, not engaging. There wasn't any strong character here, but also uh, either the writing or the translation was so juvenile that it was, it like really, really took me out of it. And just, I was kind of like holding my nose the whole time in a way that may actually have been unfair to the source material, but really, really soured my experience. Yeah. So just be aware of that before you pick this one up. Okay. Let's get into uh, the show that we watched this week. And Blake, I made did you a watch thing. more Digimon. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about so, let's talk about Digimon and their ghosty ghost friends. <laughs> yeah, this is Digimon Ghost Game. This is the Digimon series that is currently showing right now. So Digimon, if you don't know, Digimon is sort of an anthology series a little bit. It's kind of like Ma, uh, like American Horror Story, where each season is a new scenario um, that there are asterisks to that. The second season is a direct sequel to the first season. The, what is it? The, the third one, the first two seasons are a, a TV show in the universe of the third season. So they're sort of like pulling on, like if you know, they're, they're kind of making it like, Oh, what if the real world um, and four, five, six, has like a has like a multiversal aspect to it where characters from all the previous series show up in it. Then there was one that that like came around and I don't even know, it wasn't that long ago, but it it just didn't seem to like make a splash because they called it Applemon instead of Digimon, but it was a Digimon property, but it it kind of went under the radar. And so it felt like Digimon was out of the game for a little bit. And I do think that Applemon was, was had a, a pretty large delay between cross wars and it. But uh, then they did the Digimon adventure reboot that we covered a while ago. Um, and that, you know, ran for a year or so and ghost game came out shortly after it. And it has been running for uh, about a half a year, I would say. And uh, it definitely has some DNA that it shares with Tamers, although I would say that the tone is a little bit different. They are playing in the they are playing in the space of like urban legends that turn out to be Digimon, kind of. Mm-hmm. Where it's like those first three episodes, it's sort of like something weird is happening. And I would say I was surprised at the the way that the weirdness manifested. I was expecting it to be sort of like more minor digital nuisances, but it was actually like people getting disappeared or having like turning suddenly old. So like the Digimon are, are materializing in the world and having stronger effects than I was expecting at the beginning of such a series. But yeah, it's, it's basically 
what if mysterious things are happening and our characters are getting pulled into it, except that the mysterious things turn out to be Digimon and the weird things that they're doing have something to do with that Digimon's abilities or lore. And then there's a little Digimon fight at the end of each episode. And uh, yeah, what do you think, Spencer? Hey, uh... <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I, it's it's way more murdery than I thought. Um <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. So much. It's not yeah. that violent, but it's scarier than I was expecting. I guess. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely like a Digimon ghost story sort of thing. And I, I yeah. sort of get that. Um, my take on Digimon as a, as a whole is that the show is, I, I just, I think Digimon has a, a special place in people's hearts if they also love anything that is remotely close to something like Pokemon. Um, and I think uh, as somebody who tangentially likes Pokemon, <laughs> it's like, I just, I never really was like in love with Digimon as just like a, a thing. However, the, the part that always brought me into Digimon was like the story of what the fuck was happening inside of the verse and this, it didn't so much reel me in by those characters. It it's more it feels more episodic driven than the yeah. other shows do. Is is that sort of your take too? Because like I I don't yes. think I like that aspect of it. I would say yes and no. I think especially because I think that your Digimon experience is is much 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 more limited than mine that the Digimon series usually spends the first third to first half of its run being predominantly episodic mm. before it gets mostly arc based in the second and the, you know, whatever remainder is. Um, it's like you can even back to the original Digimon adventure, you know, they get swept to uh, a mysterious other world on episode one. And then the next six episodes each center around a different one of them having their Digimon evolve to the to champion as the resolution of the problem of the episode. Mm. And in those episodes, you, you start to get the black gears that turn out to be the thing that the big bad of the first part of, of adventure is controlling. And so you, you start to see like there is a plot going on out of here, but most of it is introducing the Digimon. And so I thought very much that these first few episodes, uh, they felt really self-contained in a way where it was like the frame narrative of, I mean, the, the first three seasons of Digimon are the ones I'm the most familiar with um, where it's like, you know, you have that frame narrative of like, we're in a mysterious world. We are fighting the Digimon emperor or, you know, we have Digimon in the real world now and we're trying to figure out what to do with them. This one is a lot more of like, there's weird shit happening and this is the weird shit for this episode. So I would agree that it feels more episodic than previous series while also noting that previous series generally are very episodic in the beginning. Mm. All right. Well, I don't know. It, it, it struck me as okay is what it came, came down to. Uh, I, I think that other Digimon series that you talked about, um, beforehand that, uh, you, you also made me watch <laughs> the new one, the adventure reboot. 
Yes, that one was much more, much more in line with what I liked about Digimon, and I was, I think that that was a much, much higher quality in my opinion than this one. Yeah, I would agree that the quality of the adventure reboot felt close enough to a movie quality that it felt like, oh man, they really put money behind this. You know, it wasn't insane. It wasn't like Cowboy Bebop or whatever, where it's like, this is literally like if you're watching a big budget anime movie, but for every episode, it wasn't that. But you could feel, you know, you, you had that Sakuga thing where it was just like, yeah, they, they're they really putting in work in these moments and making everything look great and flow. This Ghost Game feels, I think, from an animation perspective, a lot closer to a sort of like let's get the job done modern anime where it's like it doesn't look bad it doesn't move poorly but it's just there's just nothing that stands out about it where you're like man that's this was a really special moment there is no like pop of sakuga there isn't that sort of like extra flair um and so i think for this show the extra flair ends up being the digimon property itself and in a sort of like meta way, it ends up being the ways that this is utilizing the Digimon property differently. I think for me, the biggest draw is that um, it is sort of urban legend, ghost mystery solving through the lens of Digimon. And as a Digimon fan, as, as a sort of like somebody whose Digimon fandom has been recently reignited by getting into the card game, which is really, or the card game is so hinging on like, this is what this Digimon does. And, um, and you know, being excited to like see the different Digimon and just sort of like, I don't know, it becomes that thing uh, of like, oh, I have memories of like when I saw this Digimon in one of the previous shows or when I first found out that this Digimon was made years ago and like hadn't shown up in a show but i like looked up to see what digimon were created in this year and this one showed up and i thought it was really cool and an exciting design and now here it is and it was like it has that sort of nostalgia hook for me um and i think that digimon as ghosts is a very fun concept that you have seen played as a sort of like tangential spice in series before, but is now being brought forward as like the core concept of this one. And I like that a lot. Um, I also like that they're keeping the Digimon. There's a certain separation between like the kids in the real world and the Digimon and how they interact with each other. That is setting up a slightly different dynamic than most of the other series have played with. And so I like all of that. Um, I will say that, yeah, the, the adventure reboot just has that, like those first three episodes of that series feel like a movie and they are in fact pulling pretty heavily from one of the movies. Um, and this, this one feels more exciting from like the fun of the premise and what it is doing with the Digimon property. And so it's like, if you, if you like ghost hunting shows you know ghost hunting anime this might be for you but i really think that this is a bit of a digimon fan zone like i'm not saying that you're not going to enjoy it but like if you're if you're the if you're the like 
I don't know, My Hero Academia fan who's wondering if Digimon is right for you, this is not the series I'm going to point you to. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you if you watched, I don't know, this is a weird comparison to make because one of them is much scarier and much higher quality, but if you watched a Boogie Pop Phantom, this felt like Digimon doing Boogie Pop Phantom <laughs> a little bit. And mm-hmm. I like that. That's a fun that's a fun space for Digimon to play in. And if that is a space in which you find yourself having fun, I think you might enjoy this. And if you're a Digimon fan, I think you will enjoy this because I think it's doing fun things with sort of the core concept of Digimon. Uh, if you're not one of those things, I'm not sure that this is going to be for you. And for me, as a Digimon fan, I'm excited to see new Digimon. I'm excited to see a new series that's doing something fun with the concept. But I do, I, I'm excited to watch more of this because it's a Digimon series and I generally like those. If it weren't a Digimon series, I think I would feel pretty lukewarm about it. Yeah. Well, uh, that's all we have for today. Uh, so stick with us after these credits and we'll give you another important life lesson. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash getjumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Jeremy Snow, owner and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind. We interrupt your awesome, regularly scheduled programming to ensure you're aware of The Geekly Grind podcast network, of which this show is a treasured member of. If you haven't had a chance to check out our site, you can do so at thegeeklygrind.com, and while you're there, take a look at the other members of our steadily growing podcast family, including the anime-centric Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, discovering new heroes on comic book keepers with Chris and Lance, exploring the vast universe of geekdom with Geeksploration, or appreciating animation's finer details with JD's Ink and Paint Club. Escape your weekly grind at the Geekly Grind. We'll see you next week, and until then... Don't talk to me that way, or I'm going to slap you. I'm just going to slap you, like, so many times. Like, so many times that you're just like, there's no way that this guy is going to keep on slapping me. I'm just going to keep on, though. It's just going to be forever. I don't want you to do that. It's going to happen. It's got to go. <laughs>